Uh, but welcome to the capital of Syria. We're at the end of, we're at the, end of the road to Damascus. I thought about making a joke with Saul on the road to Damascus, but by the time I wrote it up, <laughs> it, it sounded almost too bad for me. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, as you judge me for, oh, the kids are going off to kids' church. I almost forgot that. We, uh, we were able to redo kids' church, so if you're heading to kids' church, follow that way. Um, <laughs> again, if you don't like organized religion, try us. We're not that organized, or at least I'm not. Um, Kelly got a kick out of last week when I messed up Brent's thing. She was laughing online, and she <laughs> laughed a lot. So, uh, <laughs> so those of you who were there who got to see it, that's awesome. Uh, anyway, uh, as you judge me for my bad mask jokes, uh, we're continuing to talk about judgment. Now, that's not fun, right? Like, or at least for most of us, but, but it's a necessary part. And one of the things that when you teach the Bible and you teach through verse by verse, you come to sections that maybe you, like, would naturally skip. Uh, you know, like, I think if naturally, I would probably just spend, you know, the whole time in maybe the book of Luke or, uh, <laughs> or uh, may, maybe certain, you know, past. I like Matthew, too, and, man, I'm real fond of Mark, and John's kind of cool because, yeah, anyway. <laughs> But, but there's sections we hit. And so this one might be a little confusing. It might be a little bit Debbie Downer. Wah, wah, but, but we're going to go there. 2 Peter chapter 2, starting verse 10, says, He is especially hard on those who follow their own twisted sexual desire and who despise authority. These people are proud and arrogant, daring even to scoff at supernatural beings without so much as trembling. But the angels who are far greater in power and strength do not to dare to bring from the Lord a charge of blasphemy against those supernatural beings. Now, the, one of the problems with letters in the New Testament, because generally the Bible, it, it's kind of an interesting compilation of books. I don't know if you've ever noticed. It's different types of literature. Uh, and there's, you know, there's Proverbs, which are kind of their own kind of literature. There's, you know, uh, there's narrative, there's story. Uh, and and what we get in the New Testament is generally letters. And it, sometimes it's like hearing half of a phone conversation. You know, you ever listen in on, the, like, someone's talking on the phone, and you kind of, like, you're trying to piece together what the other person is saying, and, and sometimes we don't quite understand the exact situation to which Peter's writing, so there's some things that we kind of have to go, hmm, or, or it's like if you've ever, um, you know, read uh, half of a text conversation, or, like, my, you know, our, my kids, like, watch TikToks and stuff, and they bring one to you, and sometimes I don't understand the TikTok, because it's in response to another TikTok that's really popular that I don't know. So that's kind of what we're doing here. We're looking at a response, and sometimes it can be hard to understand what Peter's talking about. Now, but kind of my best understanding here is, you know, I, I dealt with the demonic, and I've seen... Uh, <laughs> speak with some exaggerated tales about the demonic too and i think the key here though is sort of this cocky self-important lack of respect uh attitude of, of the people here uh, and uh, kind of maybe and the, I think the idea too is like putting on a big show about being spiritual too without really understanding things w without really any real substance to it it reminds me a lot of uh, a story in, in the book of acts now this is like one, again one of those kind of strange stories in the book of Acts that maybe you don't focus on uh, when, when you're reading the book of Acts. But in, in Acts chapter 19, uh, it says a group of Jews were, was traveling from town to town casting out evil spirits. Now again, that's kind of not something most of us are used to, like, like traveling, you know, people casting out demons. Anyone used to that? 
like, you know, door-to-door salesmen, you know, used to sell vacuums and stuff. They're casting out demons. Do you have any demons you'd like to cast out today? I don't know. Uh, kind of a different cultural thing than maybe we're used to. And they tried to use the, la- the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation, uh, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. <laughs> and uh, the seven sons of Siva, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but as we've said before, the best thing to do when you don't know how to pronounce a biblical name is what? confidently and with authority. Everyone will assume they've been wrong all these years. So the seven sons of Siva, a leading priest, were doing this. But what, one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? And then the man with the evil spirit leaped at them. Uh, I always wonder if it's leapt, leaped or leapt, but leaped, it says here. Leaped on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. Um, kind of an unusual story. But it, it, it's sort of this, you know, I'm guessing they looked at, you know, Jesus and demons with a little more respect after that. You know, it was, they were kind of dabbling in something they really didn't understand. That they really didn't understand what they were doing or the power of that name. And it's kind of, if you read the rest of the story, which we've got to read, because it's cool. <laughs> the story of what happened spread quickly all through Ephesus to Jews and Greeks alike. A solemn fear descended on the city in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus was greatly honored. Many who, be, many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. A number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books and burned them at a public bonfire. The value of the books was several million dollars. So the message of the Lord spread widely and had powerful effect. So it's kind of interesting. So, but a lot of times, I think a lot of times we deal with the spiritual and, and maybe there's this arrogance and not understanding, which is what Peter's talking about here. And it says, they follow their own twisted sexual desire. Now, <laughs> one of the places, and I've told you a lot of times when I watch TV with the kids, you know, it, it's funny because we watched movies when we were a kid, and I think we kind of pr- we probably missed some of the things that were in it, but then you go back and you watch a movie, and you're like thinking, oh, this would be great to show my kids, and then you watch it, and there's like some scenes in there, and you're like, I don't remember this, or, or like I rented, one time I rented a movie that I'd only seen the TV version yeah, and I, I rented it. I remember renting it at Blockbuster. That's how long ago this was. There's, you know there's one Blockbuster left. My goal in life is to go there someday. But there's one Blockbuster left. And, you know, Blockbuster used to be this thing for the user who were younger. Like, you'd go to a store and get a DVD, which is a round disc that has movies on it. It was before everything streamed to your phone. Uh, <laughs> my son said something. He, like, he likes collecting DVDs because they're nostalgic and old. And I'm like, oh, great. Makes me feel even older than I am. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> um, you know, I, I remember renting this movie, a blockbuster, and the girl kind of looked at me odd, and I rented it, and then I came back, and I was like, you know, I wanted to see this in the uncut version because I liked the movie so much on, on, on TV, and I just want to apologize. She's like, yeah, I thought that was kind of surprised you were renting that. <laughs> and it wasn't even that bad a movie. <laughs> compared to some, but just knowing me, knowing my preferences, and she went to the church I preached in, uh, <laughs> and she was there a lot when I was preaching, uh, you know, she was a little surprised, uh, because there's, there's things in there that we kind of maybe wouldn't agree with, and I think a lot, there's two things in our culture, I and mean, there's a lot of things in our culture that are, that are not the biblical kind of Jesus-y stuff that we like, but two of the main ones that I, that I work with my kids on are uh, money, because our culture sees money in a way that, that I think is, is wrong, that, that is not the way it's supposed to be, like what wealth is for, you know, and, uh, you know, we tend to be selfish with our wealth. I think we should have wealth to be generous. It's not a sin to have money, but it's a sin to love money. <laughs> uh, and the other is sexuality, because we have kind of very different ideas 
about it. And, you know, it's not like sex was a surprise to God. Like, he's like, whoa, what are they doing? <laughs> but it has a context. It has a purpose. And so, uh, and it's interesting because if you study history, I like history. I, and uh, when I was at, I, I went to Pitt and, um, you know, I, when I, I really got interested, I was taking a lot of history courses before because I always had like a love of science and history. I kind of had to weigh those two out. And I was kind of, I was leaning towards the science side of my, my life because I was a chemistry major, but I was always, I loved my elective classes. I was learning about Greek history and all kinds of stuff. And I was a little surprised sometimes at how crazy it was back then too. Because you kind of had the thought that maybe the modern world's a little crazy, but you know, it's not like people like do new sins. Like, it, it, it's just the same stuff expressed differently. You, you name anything they've done in the modern world, I'll bet I can find ancient literature that describes it. I don't want to, because I don't want those Google searches in my computer, but <laughs> uh, it's there. <laughs> uh, you, you study history, and you'll find out that uh, Solomon was right when he said there's nothing new under the sun, it, all, you know. Uh, but so one of the ways... Um, you know, one of the hardest things, I think, to turn over to Jesus for many of us is our sexuality. Because it's like, we, you know, there's, there's areas of our life we're good to give in over Jesus. We use the, um, my Christ, my home Christ, my heart Christ home. I'll get that book right eventually. We talked about that one. I haven't read the book in years. Maybe it's terrible. You can download it for free. <laughs> the idea was, like, there's different rooms in, in our houses that we do different things in. And, you know, uh, you, you might, there's certain rooms you might let them in that front room. Like, when I was a kid, like, my grandparents had a front room. Some of you know what I mean. Some of you were nodding because you're, and it was like the couch covered in plastic until guests come. And, you know, that, that, the couch that was in my grandparents' front room is actually in my office. You can go sit on it now <laughs> because it was preserved well because the front room was worked for company. And, and so a lot of times we keep Christ in the front room, if you will. And we don't let them kind of mess around in the other rooms. You know, we, we have that closet, we got hidden stuff and different things. And the bedroom is one of those areas that, that maybe sometimes we, we, we don't want Jesus to jump into and look at it and see. It's not like it surprises him. and It's not like you could really hide it, but it's an area that we struggle to give over to God, if we're honest. Uh, and if, if you're not, then you're just not being honest. No, <laughs> or maybe you're just holier than the rest of us. But one of the ways you can tell false teachers is often their, their, their walk doesn't match their talk. You know, and, and I, I'm not going to name names. We actually got in a conversation uh, at men's group. Um, we were talking about, uh, we, were finished, we were wrapping up the book of Romans, but there, <laughs> we were talking about false teachers and teaching because there's a little, little part there at the end where Paul's talking about it. And, and you know, I'm not going to name names, but you could go on TV and see a lot of them. You can go on the internet and see a lot of them. They have a lot of smooth talk, uh, and they have an offering at the end. I forget to do the offering sometimes. People got to remind me, <laughs> but you can also do it online, or you can do it. No, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's, you know, there's certain people that, that can work you up and work you out of your money, and a lot of times, some of them, over time, we find out that they're not quite living things out, and often it is they get caught in what? Some sort of sex scandal, right? Because, you know, they're preaching one thing, but they're kind of living this other thing, and it makes you go, do you really get the other thing? Now, we all struggle. We all have temptations. I'm not being judgy. I'm trying to be Jesus-y. But you can judge a tree by its fruit. But it says here, you know, they despise authority. Now, when I think of despising authority, I think of um, Matthew 21, uh, starting verse 28, says, 
But, uh, Jesus says, what do you think about this? A man with two sons told the older boy, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son answered, no, I won't go. But he later changed his mind and went anyway. Then the father told the other son, you go. And he said, yes, I will, sir. But he didn't go. Uh, <laughs> which of the two obeyed his father? They replied, the first. Then Jesus explained his meaning. He says, I tell you the truth, corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. For John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live, but you didn't believe him, while tax collectors and prostitutes did. And even when you saw this happening, you refused to believe him and repent of your sins. And so Jesus is talking about, you know, the people who looked religious, they looked like they had it together, but they weren't really repentant. You could tell they you know, despise authority because they didn't like Jesus' authority, right? And they were his, his opposition. Uh, you can't just say, but you need to do. And you might look faithful, but you might be faithless. Uh, you know, might energetically praise God with their mouths, but be far from him. Um, Matthew 7, back in verse 21 said, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Now, um, I got an important text this week by somebody who wanted me to do something, and it's like someone like an official over me. And so, just for fun, I, I, I typed back, who dis? Anyone ever, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like, this number's not my phone. Don't, don't do that to your wife or any, uh, just husbands, that's not a good thing. I'm just telling you, <laughs> you know, but it's, you know, it's a common thing when you don't have someone's number, but it's kind of, I do it sometimes when it's like, you know, that someone's asking me to do something I don't want to get done. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, you don't want to be who dissed by Jesus. You know, you, you, you want to be recognized uh, by him. Uh, you know, in the text says they prophesied, you know, future predictions or proclaiming a preaching, cast out demons. You know, again, it's, it's kind of weird for Americans, but there is this demonic world. Uh, you know, Jesus did it, had his followers do it, uh, perform miracles like he did the cool stuff. But, but it, 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 it's, you know, it, you know, they didn't understand. And it kind of echoes... Um, uh, 7.15, Matthew 7.15, who says, Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? That's, no, I'm just telling you. <laughs> um, most of us aren't, aren't agricultural specialists, so I've got, I got to translate that into the modern era. <laughs> um, I don't know, it be like, can you get... Apple apps off of an Android phone. No. <laughs> um, a good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown in the fire. Yes, just, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. And, you know, and so false prophets, they look like the real thing. So sheep and wolves closing. I mean, if you, like, I, I, I'm wearing contacts now. So maybe you can see there. I'm used to looking at this camera now. I got to look at my phone over there. But you know, if I don't have my contacts in and I bring the dog out in the morning, um, you know, I you know you can kind of make out things in the distance. But I don't know. A wolf and a sheep might kind of look similar. <laughs> but you know, when you when you get up close, you'd see the difference. If I run into a wolf and I'm hiking because I like to hike, I like to get out in the woods. You know, if I run into a wolf, uh, you know, I'm gonna be what? Slightly scared, right? If I run into a sheep, are you going to be scared? 
No, because they're dumb and harmless. You see that? I, was it you that posted the video? Who posted the video? It's a great video of a sheep, if you haven't seen it. Um, it like pops out, of, they get it out of the ditch, the tops a few more, and then right back in the ditch. Because uh, sheep are dumb. <laughs> they're not fearful things. Uh, anyway, but the you know, point is, you know, you can look like the real thing. Uh, you know, and a tree, we can judge a tree by its fruit. Apple trees produce. Peach trees produce. Uh, avocado trees produce. Avocado is so good. I like free shavakadu. <laughs> Fresh avocado. Anyway. I think it was a vine thing, which is ironic because vines grow stuff. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but, <you> know, <laughs> when it seems tricky, does it? Fruit seems to be good from those Jesus says he never knew. Uh, uh, but, you, you know, you have to judge a tree by its fruit. Now, back to the verse here. 12. These false teachers are like unthinking animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed. Uh, they scoff at things they do not understand like animals they will be destroyed their destruction is their reward for the harm they have done they love to indulge in even pleasures in broad daylight they are a disgrace and a stain among you they delight in deception even as they eat with you in your fellowship meals <laughs> and so they indulge in broad daylight now uh <laughs> it's kind of interesting the word here it, it kind of comes from uh you know I, i'm not I'm not big on always talking about Greek words, but I think there's a good one in here. Uh, it's essential. It has to do with, you know, consistent gratification of the senses. It's, uh, it comes from hedone, which is where we get the word hedonism. Now, most of us don't use hedonism every day, right? Like, that's not like a word you're like, uh, you know, I'm dropping that, you know, all the time. Like, you know, but it, it, it's a word described, you know, someone who lives for pleasure. Like, and what's your purpose in life? Are you living for pleasure? Are you living for God? Now, it doesn't mean we don't, like God made things to be pleasurable. You know, he, he you know, uh, you know, he, but, <laughs> you know, we, we sometimes take that too far. Um, now, uh, it, it's interesting because, you know, sometimes when people are sinning, they kind of hide it. You know, like, like, they're kind of not as brazen. Uh, like, <laughs> there's a, Remember the movie Blast from the Past? Yeah, there's probably bad things in it. I don't remember, but Brendan Fraser, like he lives in a bomb shelter his whole life and he comes out. It's just funny things because like how much the world had changed. He's raised by his parents in a bomb shelter for 30 years. Uh, <laughs> you know, how different things were on, on, on the surface. And it's funny. But there's, a, there's this point where they're, they're in a, a, an adult store because they're trying to find where his bunker is. And she, the... The main character says, do you have a back door? And the guy's like, of course, <laughs> because, you know, a lot of people will partake in things they shouldn't, but they're coming in the back door, right? But, but a lot of people become so brazen with their stuff, they're going in the front door. They don't care. And then with now with the internet, you can, the back door is in your, behind your front door, so we can't tell anyway. But, you know, people get so um, kind of okay with their sin that it's just out there. And often it's, you know, again, we're not judging hating people, but we can judge right from wrong. Um, Doug, uh, Douglas Moo, uh, a commentator, it's funny because he wrote this in like 96, and there's some things he, I've been like texting Denise at like five in the morning, you know, hey, check this out, because he writes some things in 96 that are so much truer today, but <laughs> it's an older commentary, but it's a good one, and he says, Hedonistic might describe our culture better than any other single word. We live in a society whose God is pleasure. 
We have defined the pursuit of happiness enshrined in the Declaration of Independence as the pursuit of food, drink, entertainment, wealth, and sex. I think that's a fair estimation of, of a lot of our culture. I'm not saying everybody, but, but there are some problems with our culture. Love being American, don't get me wrong. USA. <laughs> but there's some problems sometimes in our culture, in, in what we pursue. Um, you know, it says they're disgrace and stain, which is funny because we're going to get to verse 314. We're talking about Jesus is blameless and without spot, so it's kind of the opposite there. But, it, you know, it says the fellowship meal. Now, the early church ate together. And, and you know, it's been weird with covid stuff. We haven't been able to eat together. You know, we, uh, we thought about doing a potluck, but it's like, I don't know how people are feeling about that. And, and a lot of times, you know, communion meal, when we talk about, you know, when you see Paul, he's talking about it in First Corinthians. He's, he's, they're talking. They would actually. It wouldn't just be like a li- like we do the little cup, and you know now it's like in a plastic thing, and there's a little bit of juice, and we tear off the top. And I found one that tears off much easier. I saved it. I'm like, we gotta find these because I try to tear the little top off, and it's like anyone else, or just watching me, and I don't have any finger any like nerves in these fingers anymore because I crushed them in a kettlebell accident. It was worth it, though. I had a good set. <laughs> you remember, like, last year or so, I crushed them, and I, no, no feeling at all. I don't think it's coming back. But, you know, I, I really struggle with, like, trying to peel those things off. Anyway, but, you know, in the early church, it wasn't just, uh, you know, this little thing. It was the full meal. And it would be like a potluck. Everyone brings stuff, and, and the idea was you wouldn't be ashamed if you couldn't bring much. Now, that doesn't mean when we have potlucks, I always tell people, bring more than, like, bring as much as you're going to try to eat, <laughs> you know. But I used to do potlucks with young adults, and we'd be like, the, the, the young airman dudes would always show up with, like, a two-liter soda, because that's the best they could do. And we'd, we'd feed them, we'd have leftovers. Those of us, different stage of life, would bring more food. <laughs> I'd buy cases of hot dogs and burgers. It was the cheap stuff, that's all we got. But <laughs> point being, you know, it was a love feed. And, and so picture, you know, they're at the fellowship meal, they're, they're, they're celebrating together, uh, and then you kind of picture they're doing verse 14 which is they commit adultery with their eyes and their desire for sin is never satisfied they lure unstable people into sin and they're well trained in greed they live under god's curse you know so they commit adultery with their eyes esv says it they have eyes full of adultery insatiable for, for sin they entice unsteady souls they have hearts trained in greed and so think you know honestly predators these are people who are going to the potluck going hey how you doing (laughs) uh and that again you know that's a side conversation if you're on twitter a lot you know uh you know sexual predators you know people like try to like excuse it okay it and just you know okay you got to repent now you can report them to the authorities and that's you know what we do anyway (laughs) just so you know that's a whole side conversation for another time not for a sermon but like for a hey talking while we're drinking coffee uh just because you know, anyway, churches, churches haven't always dealt with the well, but they're on the potluck, on the prowl, and it says they lure them into sin. Now, the root word here is literally to bait, and, and so I picture, um, you know, you bait a hook. I mean, you, you put on the hook. Now, if it's a worm, at least the fish gets a little bit of a meal out of it, but if you, generally, it's like, there's, if you ever, like, look at someone's tackle box, they got all kinds of stuff, right? Like, I'm just like, I got a couple lures, I throw it out there, I catch fish, I don't know. But, like, some people, like, uh, this guy who fishes at our house, he's, like, he's, like, explaining all these different things to use for different things. To, and I'm, like, it just gets too complicated. You know, if I was, 
relying on that to eat, maybe I'd get complicated, but I'm just, I like the fish, you know. Give, give, me, give me like an old piece of bamboo with a worm on the end of a string or something, I'm good. Uh, but, but, you know, there's, there's different lures, and, and the lure looks good to the fish, right? They're like, oh, yummy. It's shiny. I like it. And then they, oh, not so good a deal for the fish, right? And that's, that's the idea. Is, you know, or, or if you hunt, um, you know, deer are like, they're like prancing through the woods. And they're like, oh, look, a pile of corn. Someone left a pile of corn. And then the deer starts to eat that corn. And then you get to eat the deer because he stopped where you wanted him to, right? Or, or she, because they're both tasty. We're equal opportunity here. But um, can't eat the antlers. Well, you can, but they're really tough, you know. Anyway, <laughs> but, you know, the idea is, you know, it, it seems good, but it's deadly. They, they lure you into something. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it lures unstable people. Now, you, uh, we're not talking like mental issues here, unstable, like, you know, the guy who, you know, you don't want to fire him because you think he's coming back. Uh, but the idea is more, uh, I think postal worker, sorry, now the postal people hate me. Uh, they already deliver my mail. Anyway, uh, they deliver my mail just to other addresses. Can I get an amen? Uh, <laughs> I love you guys. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong camera again. But, um, you know, the idea is, you know, when Jesus talked about the parable of the seeds, uh, and they, they kind of didn't grow root, and so they die. We talked about that, I think, last week, maybe even. I don't know, <laughs> recently. But, you know, you, you look that parable up, and, and I kind of picture, you know, if a tree doesn't have deep roots, it, there's a problem, right? You know, what are some of the tallest trees in the world? I don't know if they are the tallest. Redwoods. You know what? They actually don't have a very deep root system. Did you know that? But they're kind of a sh more shallow, but it's spread out, but they all grow together, you know, and, and that's kind of what, what holds the redwoods up. It's kind of this interconnected root system, and so if, you, if you're not rooted, you'll fall over. When we were pushing trees down after the um, tornado, you know, some of them just fell down because they didn't have a enough root system, I guess. Uh, some of them, like, you know, they just, like, we were pushing ones down later. They just kind of fell right over because they had nothing left. <laughs> um, you know, and, and it's, roots kind of hold you in. And, and so the, the idea is unstable people. If people who aren't rooted, if, if you're not rooted in Christ, if you don't understand the truth, it's easy to get pulled away to other things because you, you don't know the difference. You know, it, it seems like a good thing. It says they're well-trained in greed. Um, that's actually an athletic metaphor, which I love athletic metaphors in the Bible. But, you know, the, you, the idea is like you train. Uh, you're, you, so they're not, they're, they're, they're not, they're so formed in their greed, they train in it. You know, it, it's not something they've tried to avoid, not a sin they're trying to like, get rid of, but it's like something they practice. <laughs> you know, they get good at it. And, and you can be greed, greed can be, you know, money, sex, power, etc. Money, not bad. Love of money, bad. Like, it's good to have money. People who say, like, money is the root of all evil, it's, it's, not, it's, a, it's the love of money, bad translation there. But, but if you don't have enough for shelter and food, you know, I, I, it will buy you happiness. <laughs> but to after those initial needs are met, you know, then people pursue it, pursue it, pursue it, and it never really brings you happiness after that. There's, there's a limit to it. Um, but there's a lot of good you can do with money, too. There's good things. Uh, now, sex, good thing, created by God for marriage. We often pervert it and do different things with it, 
but, but it's not a bad thing. It's not like God was surprised it felt good or anything. It's like he, he created it to be something that bonds. You know, outside of the context, bad. Uh, leadership. Uh, you know, people need to organize and lead, but often then they become, you know, greedy for power. And, and, and they think it's about them. That's why we have a Messiah who washes feet. You know, we have a leader who serves because it's not about what's in it for me. Um, bottom line, greed and desires are fulfilled now, but there's this judgment to come later. Uh, <laughs> you know, it says they live under God's curse. Now, if, you, if you're reading ESV or other translations, most of them that I looked at this week, and I didn't write them all down, said accursed children. You know, that's a verse for those of you, like when you're really upset at your children, accursed children, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the idea there, just so you, if you read that and you're not kind of like, what in the world is meant there? The idea is that you're a child of what you follow. So if you follow curses and evil, you become a child of that. And so we want to be the child of God. We want to follow godly things uh, <laughs> so that, you know, we pursue godliness as God's child, not sin. It says in verse 15, they have wandered off the right road and follow the footsteps of Balaam, son of Beor. Who loved to earn money by doing wrong but balaam was stopped from his mad course when his donkey rebuked him with a human voice now peter has a lot of allusions to to old testament hebrew bible stories and uh this is kind of one of those odd stories has anyone ever read this story okay two of you that's great three do i hear four do i hear four to the fourth four i know you've read it you just aren't raising your hand but <laughs> um, you're like i don't know what he's gonna say when i say i've read it but if you read the story, it's in Numbers 22. You, you can kind of read it out, and he shows up a couple other times uh, talking about it in the Bible. But Numbers 22, there's this, uh, uh, Balak, king of Moab, send, send, uh, sends for him to kind of, to this guy who's a prophet. He's like, you know, hey, we're going to get this prophet to kind of curse the Israelites because we're, uh, we're a little nervous about these dudes. There's a lot of them. They're coming in. I think they're going to try to take over, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> Balaam prays, and God says, don't do it. Balaam sends the guys away, they come back with more money, and there's sort of like an implicit, like, why are you going with them if, you know, like you're just trying to get a payday here? What's going on? And, and so he, he decides to go with them, even though, you know, probably shouldn't, uh, and, and, you know, he ends up going with them, and the donkey, 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 <laughs> donkey runs off the road, donkey, now I can't say anything but donkey, donkey runs off the road, and then he, like, like, rubs him up against the rocks he's like stupid donkey uh you know and he kind of kind of like beating the donkey and everything which is not good just again uh you know and it, it kind of starts yelling at the donkey because kind of like when you try to start your car anyone ever have a car they have to start and you kind of talk to it come on come on Bessie, come on Bessie. you know or our tractor at home it's like come on you can do it you can do it no you can't uh, but <laughs> Uh, you know, it's kind of, all the times I've talked to my car, I've never had to talk back, right? Like, it's never been like, no, I won't start. My battery is dead. Uh, <laughs> please go to Advance Auto. Uh, this sermon brought to you by Advance Auto. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> and so you kind of, you know, <laughs> uh, this is, uh, you know, so if you read the stories, the Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak. What have I done to you that deserves this beating me three times, it asks Balaam. And, and, you know, this is not like, you ever Google youth animals talking on YouTube? <laughs> okay, apparently I have too much time on my hands. <laughs> That's okay. I'm, or maybe, yeah, I only work one day a week, 45 minutes, two days, two days this week. Uh, no. 
that's a running joke, so you know, there's a few things to do. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, I googled, you know, YouTube animals talking, and most of them kind of say, if you look, mostly they're huskies, I don't know, huskies must have a weird, uh, maybe you've seen animal videos on, you know, if you google it, you know, they kind of kind of say it, kind of like, think more like Mr. Ed, like full, con some of you don't know that that show was, I don't think my, all the older people are laughing. <laughs> Younger people are like, I don't get you. <laughs> Google it later. Some of you have already Googled it now. I know, because you're looking down at your phone. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but, you know, M Mr. Ed was this talking horse, and he could talk and everything, and, you know, there's a song that goes with it that I'm singing in my head now. I won't sing it now. Um, the worship team's going to sing it afterwards, though. That's going to, no, but, you know, it's, it's kind of like this odd thing, and it's impossible right? Like, this is not a normal thing that happens. It's not like the Bible thinks animals talk all the time, but this is like God doing something, because God's got a universe. He can make anything happen. Uh, <laughs> I thought of a joke, but that's not good now. But, you know, it's, there's this, 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 you know, he makes this dumb animal talk to make a point. And it says, you have made me a fool, Balaam shouted. If I had a sword of me, I would kill you. But, um, but I, am I not the same donkey you've ridden all your life? The donkey answered. Have I done anything like this before? No, Balaam admitted. And I'd be a little more nervous that my donkey was talking to me than Balaam seems to be. Uh, then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, saw the angel of the Lord standing with the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam bowed his head and fell face to the ground. And so and he blesses the Israelites instead. But then he kind of gives them the, his, the enemies the, the advice to kind of tempt them into, guess what? Balaam was already kind of being lured away by money. The other number two thing in our culture that I talk about, number two thing, sex. He's like, hey, you know, you know, get all the single ladies out. <laughs> and, and so, the, and then things go wrong from there. Uh, Balaam ultimately pays with his life for being on the wrong side because the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And, and so the wages, that is what you do. Now, here's what's funny, because we, we, we all, you know, anyone ever work? I'm just seeing if you're all listening today. Like, three of you are working. Three of you have read Balaam. You're not used to not having the mask on, and I, I, now I can see your full face, and I know what you're thinking and saying. Um, anyway, but it, when you work, you get your wages like and you know it, you you, you kind of agreed upon thing you do a certain thing you get a certain thing that's, that's why most of us work it's great if you love your job but most of us do stuff we don't like because we need money because we want to buy things like food <laughs> that's great again if you love your job that's awesome but, but you know sometimes you just have to do your job anyway so we work you know wages and we get what we deserve. The problem is, in life, it, our, the wages of sin is death, and we all sin. So the, we, for our sin, we get death. And you know, the Bible talks about you know, eternal death and spiritual death. And, but, but the free gift of God is eternal life, Christ Jesus Lord. Now, what's good about a gift? It's free. It's free. If it, I always say if it's free, it's me. Our missionary friends, like we support a lot of missionaries, so they come into town and everything. One of them told me, it's like a missionary uh, motto is, if it's free, I'll take three. <laughs> because it's a hard life. You've got to raise your own support and everything. And, and so I uh, love our missionary friends. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> you know, if a free gift, it, you know, it's something you get not because you deserve it, 
You deserve your wages. You just get the free gift. And so the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's the gospel in a nutshell. We deserve our wages is one, or one thing. Our gift is another. And, and, and if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you get this eternal life, not because it's what you deserve, but it's a free gift. It, it, you know, and ultimately payday is coming. Outside of repentance, we all have it coming. Uh, but, you know, when we follow, it, it, it changes the way we live. And that, that's the weird tension in the gospel, because I'm not made right with God by what I do. You know, it's not like, uh, you know, I, I was good enough, and finally God said, okay, you crossed the line, like you're in a big scale, and Jeff's good finally outweighed his bad. But, but you know, but it, it's purely by grace that, that, that God saves us. But when you're made right with God, your motives change in life. And you'll, you, one of the ways we can tell is our fruit changes, our life changes. We begin to want different things. We do different things. Those who knew me in high school, I'm a different person today. It doesn't mean that everything was wrong with me then, but, but you know, I've changed. I'm much more likely to talk to you about Jesus now than then, I assure you. <laughs> we had a guy one time, he was in our youth group, he's like, you know, he's like, one day, I think I've told you guys this story before. He was like, um, we were like at a youth function, actually. I still remember where it was in the kitchen of the church. And he was like, he, I'd forgotten about it until years later. He told somebody, and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. But um, he pulled me aside, and he's like, hey, so, you know, I had this vision of you someday, like, talking to a bunch of people about Jesus and what it means to you. And he's like, can you see that? And I laughed. I was like, I, I have no idea what you're talking about, Bubba. <laughs> uh, years later, that's what I do. <laughs> you know, because your behavior changes, when, when your ownership changes, when, when, when my life, when, you know, as you, you begin to worship Jesus, not yourself, life changes. We, we change the way we live. Uh, you know, and so ultimately, you have to be careful who you follow. You know, I, um, I worked with a guy, one of the first guys I interned under. Um, I don't know if he's out there. If you're probably not listening to it, Bobby, but Bobby Baker. Bobby Baker was from, anyone guess where? Rolla, North Carolina. I don't know if I got the accent right anyway. Anyway, I was hanging out with him. I was doing a lot of youth stuff. I was working in a warehouse, and then at night, you know, Denise and I were driving over to the church and working with him with the youth and everything, and it just, every night, man, with Bobby, I was like, it just seemed like he was doing something every night, so I felt like every night we were like driving, in, you know, Pittsburgh's like, you know, we had to drive from our section to the other sections. Anyway, spent a lot of time with Bobby. One time, Bobby asked me something. I spoke back to him in a twang, and I think he thought I was making fun of him, Problem was, I spent so much time with Bobby, I felt like I had to start talking like Bobby. <laughs> now, he was probably offended, and if you're listening to this, sorry, Bobby, I didn't mean to make fun of you. Uh, <laughs> but, point is, like, you, you hang out with people, you begin to, to, to sound and talk to them, you begin to imitate them. And when you follow Jesus, you should begin to look and sound like Jesus. You know, I'm not saying you got to grow a beard, I'm not saying you have to carry sheep on your shoulder, that kind of thing. Those are the images we, <laughs> we picture Jesus. But you, you begin to live more like Jesus. Uh, and so with false teaching, it's often revealed in false living. You know, and so if you follow the wrong people, you end up in the wrong place. You've got to be careful who you follow. Ultimately, you'll become like them. We want to follow Jesus. And to do that, that means a lot of us need to Work on growing deep roots. If you're new in the faith, if you're trying to follow Jesus, if you develop 
that understanding of true faith, you develop those deep roots, then you don't get swayed when you hear something by someone who's, to pick up that Romans verse again, smooth talking, right? Because, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's nothing smooth talking on the internet, right? <laughs> there's nothing that seems convincing that's probably full of it. No, yeah, of course there is. <laughs> so be careful of who you follow.